Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, February 26. Let's jump into today's top stories. The MAC will add Massachusetts as a full-time member in all sports, including football, beginning with the 2025-26 academic year. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach and Chris Vanini report that Conference USA also had conversations with UMass about joining the conference, especially after announcing around Thanksgiving it would add Delaware in all sports. Conference USA hopes to invite a 12th member this spring and Missouri State remains an option there with UMass now off the table. Meanwhile, the Toledo Blades' Kyle Rowland reports there continues to be mutual interest between the MAC and Western Kentucky. SBJ's Ben Portnoy chronicles Indiana's investment in football, which was underscored by the Hoosiers spending $15.5 million to buy out former head coach Tom Allen's contract and the addition of $2 million to the assistant coach pool for new head coach Kurt Signetti. Portnoy writes, the impetus for this philosophical shift in thinking in Bloomington is layered. The looming boogeyman, however, is the potential for a great divide in college football and the hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. Indiana, for its efforts, isn't waiting to find out where that line is drawn. Hoosiers AD Scott Dolson said, The decision for us, to part ways with Allen and hire Signetti, was really looking at, what's the trajectory of our program right now and where's the trajectory of football in the Big Ten? With expansion and all that is happening in terms of football in the Big Ten, it became not, what is the cost of making the change, it was, what is it going to cost us if we don't make the change? Dolson also explains that during the search that landed Signetti, the school re-evaluated how it allocated resources, leading it to the aforementioned $2 million bump to the football assistant coach pool, saying, the change, was, instead of just saying, hey, the old staff was $X million for everybody excluding the head coach. You just have to let us know what you want to do. We didn't do it that way. We broke it down into buckets and said, here's what we've got in these areas and let's talk it through. IU has also more broadly coordinated NIL efforts, and Tyler Harris, executive director of the Hoosiers Connect and Hoosiers for Good Collectives, says, we've seen an uptick in support, whether that's because IU is able to help push out the message now where they were limited in the past, or because people are really starting to realize, you know, this is just another way to support athletes. As the USCNLRB trial gets set to resume, Kenny Hurt's Perry attorney Mitt Winter tells on Three's Eric Prisbell he believes it's almost guaranteed the judge will declare the USC athletes are employees of the school. If you look at the Dartmouth decision, the factors the regional director focused on there are stronger in the USC case. For Prisbell, the more interesting question is whether the NLRB will determine USC student-athletes are employees of the Pac-12 and or NCAA. The NLRB has jurisdiction only over private employers. But if the judge rules that the Pac-12 and NCA are joint employers, then it could open the door for athletes at public schools to also be classified as employees, which would afford them the right to unionize and collectively bargain as well. It is possible for the judge to conclude the athletes are employees of USC but not the Pac-12 or NCAA. That decision could hinge on whether the judge finds the athletes are compensated by the conference and the NCAA, and how much control each exerts over the athletes. Because of the potential that the Pac-12 and NCA are deemed joint employers, Winter views the USC decision as potentially more important and more impactful than the Dartmouth decision in terms of its effect on the future model of college athletics. As college athletes' seemingly inexorable march towards employment continues, Sportico's Michael McCann posits schools will face three choices, embrace, resist or cut. He also points out that the timing couldn't be worse for colleges. The college athlete population in the U.S. is projected to shrink dramatically beginning in 2025 and lasting until 2037 due to declining birth rates. 
That said, McKen notes it's worth considering why colleges lose money on athletics. Some pay high salaries to coaches and athletic directors. Others invest in modernizing athletics facilities. Paying coaches less and spending less on facilities would presumably free up some money. Even if those schools claim to be losing money on athletics, they'd privately admit net profit slash loss calculations do not capture the transformative impact athletics can have on fundraising and enrollment. For schools who will consider cutting sports in response to student-athletes becoming employees, McCann advises, any moves along those lines could trigger a bevy of legal consequences, but the school would be on stronger labor law grounds by cutting all programs instead of just a few. The Big 12 announces the launch of the Basketball All-Access Pass, a new membership program for fans at the Big 12 Men's Basketball Championship. The pass, which includes premium and priority options, will provide fans the opportunity to purchase the same seat location for the championship each year through 2031. It will debut in 2025. Commissioner Brett Yormark, as the Big 12 continues to grow, we are committed to elevating fan experience and access. The Basketball All-Access Pass program provides our fans with a unique opportunity to purchase preferred seats for years to come, as well as exclusive benefits and second-to-none access throughout our basketball championships. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, February 26th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.